This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. All about uh, as we talk about this today. If you weren't here yes last last Sunday, uh, I'll just give you a real quick brief synopsis what Kingdom Partners is all about. And Kingdom Partners really is our outreach arm of our church. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we do this in four areas. Uh, you know, we, we talk about our local community. What does that look like? How do we reach out? And these ladies here are going to share a bit about that today. Globally, what are we doing in the world? Uh, and how do we, um, you know, reach people around the world? We can't do everything. But what's God asking us as a church to do Kingdom Partners kind of outlines that. Uh, humanitarian aid, there's some great needs all around the world. We can't do it all. But as a church, what's God asking us to be a part of? And emergency relief. Uh, and future leaders, really. Like, how do we serve the leaders of tomorrow today that are becoming all that God's called them to be? And so Kingdom Partners encompasses all of this. It helps us to get some language why we do this, why we serve this capacity. Um, so these ladies are going to explain some of the partners today that we have and how we are serving them financially, prayerfully, and some of the opportunities that we have today out in our lobby. I want to just start with this. As we look at the scripture today, you know, why are we outbound focused? You know, why should we be so outbound focused when the world we're living in right now has is, is just told us, listen, stay safe, stay home, wear a mask, keep your distance, right? Like, like are you, is the church, like, doing something wrong here? Are we, are we not being faithful to what the AHS is telling us to do? But what is the scripture teaching us? Um, you know, if we think about this, we need to reach those around us. God has called us to reach out, to look beyond the four walls of our church rather than just take care of us for and no more. So let's look at the scripture today. What does the Bible say about this? If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. If you've been in church for a long enough period of time, you would know this as the Great Commission. If this is your first time here, this might be the very first time you've heard this. And let me share this with you today. The scripture says this in Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority of heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, as we share this with you today, we recognize that, you know, and just talked about this last week, Pastor Jess, she, you know, was just kind of looking at this portion of Scripture and realized that in, you know, the, the second verse there, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. The disciples were worshipping Jesus, but some of them actually doubted. 
Like, what, what's going on here? And maybe in this room today, there's some doubts. There's like, what, what's happening? So it sounds like maybe their discipleship isn't working. You know, if you're a follower of Christ, maybe, you know, you should be following him. Have no doubts. Just your disciple, do what Jesus says to do. And, you know, just keep your mouth quiet. What does Jesus do? He doesn't address their doubt. He says this. You're going to go tell everyone what you know about me. You're going to just tell everybody who I am. He doesn't address their doubt. He's just, go and tell everyone about me. What does this tell us? It tells us that the best way we can address our discipleship as humans, growing in faith with, with Christ and following our Savior, is by making Jesus known. That's our job. What are you doing today to be, to be making Jesus known in your life and those around you? So as a church, we don't want to just be, you know, obedient uh, to believe the right things, but be obedient in our actions as well. You know, some of us, we've got all the head knowledge. Yeah, it's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go make disciples, but what are we going to do about that? I don't know. That's for the other guy who's really into disciple making. It's our call. It's what God wants us to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So what an opportunity we have in this season where we're told to stay safe. We can still be safe. Where we're told to wear masks. We can still wear masks. Where we're told to be careful. We can still be careful and still share the love of Jesus with those around us. Is there an amen in the room today? All right. We're getting it. So today... We want to introduce some of our partners. This is Jackie and Laura. And they have, yeah, come on. Would you just make some noise for these two? And they've been working with me and, Je and Jess and I on Kingdom Partners and helping us kind of articulate this, put a plan together, and just help move things forward. And so they're going to share with you some of our partners that we're, we're, we're in partnership with today and how you can be a part and realize what the roles we all have together. All right, so give it up for these two as they share. All right. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We are so excited to be sharing with you this morning about how we as a church family are partnering with God in building his kingdom on this earth. So um, as Pastor Dave said, my name is Jackie. I'm Laura. And normally I'm up here um, on worship, so it's such a treat to be able to speak with you. And then Laura spoke last week, which is so great. So we've been working with Jess and Dave on Kingdom Partners for about a year now. Um, and it's been a really fun time. A big part of what Jackie and I do is stay in touch with all of our international missionaries. So we have some updates to tell you about them. And just we want you to get to know them and feel like you're connected to the different people that our church supports. Yeah. So today's entire service is dedicated to introducing all of you to all of our kingdom partners. So all of the people and ministries that we've committed to supporting on a monthly basis. Um, we want you to know who our partners are, partly so that you can be praying for them, but also so that we can all be familiar with all of our ministries when, hopefully soon, we can travel and hopefully meet with them in person. So we're going to start with some of the local outreach that we do, and 
we actually do a lot of local outreach. If anyone was at our fall fun food fest, <laughs> I don't remember what it was called yesterday. That's just one of many things we do. We partner with the Mustard Seed, with Pregnancy Care Centre. We offer the opportunity for members of our congregation to donate their old cell phones to women experiencing domestic violence um, in need of cell phones. We do a program called the Table Ministry for university students where we can show hospitality to university students and give them a warm meal. I know I used that when I was a student yes. <laughs> and our young adults love that. Um, so there's so much that we do. We do backpack drives um, for back to school and we don't share about all this to boast, but we do share about this so that you guys have a bit more of an idea of where all of your donations go, what this Kingdom Partners Fund is used for. Mm -hmm. So there's also two local ministries that we've committed to supporting on an ongoing monthly basis, and we wanted to introduce you guys to those ministries. Yeah, so the first one, going on the train of university ministries. The first ministry that we support every month is called University Campus Ministries, and I'll just refer to it as UCM. Now, a lot of you are familiar with this ministry because we actually have a few members of our church who serve with this ministry. Um, Kelly Johnson, can you just give a bit of a wave? Yeah. Yeah, Kelly has been serving with UCM for quite a while now, and it's such an important ministry. His son, Logan, who all of you, or a lot of you know, has also recently stepped into ministry with them. I think he's outside leading online church, though. So, but after the service, he'll be having, a, he'll be leading a table out in the foyer, so make sure to go say hi, maybe pray for him, because this is a new position. And then we also support Phil Odd, who a lot of you know, he used to lead worship at our church, and he also serves with uh, UCM. So, University Campus Ministries works to relationally mentor and equip university students in serving Jesus, both on their campuses and around the world. So, um, University Campus Ministries is such a needed ministry. They're serving people who are searching for truth, who have, who have questions, and who are really wrestling with, what, uh, with what, what truth means in their life. They've left their families, they've left their, their homes, and now they are kind of in this new world. So Kelly, Phil, and Logan all play such an important role in serving our young people. Um, once again, if you want to know more, uh, Kelly or Logan would love to chat with you about it after the service um, if you want to get involved. They also have something called the Friendship Program, which connects uh, couples or families or individuals with homes um, with international students. So you can actually provide a student with some community and a home-cooked meal. I don't know how long some of you have been out of university, but a home-cooked meal can sometimes be yeah. the best thing. <laughs> So Next Step Ministries is the second organization that's local that we support as a church. Um, we've been partnered with them for a really long time. They have a mission of helping local women exit sexual exploitation. So they come alongside women who are wanting to exit sexual exploitation and they work intentionally to mentor them, to offer them resources, to connect them to like-minded organizations. Um, so they work actually closely with a lot of other organizations in the city. Um, they are very intentional about doing this through the gospel and through teaching women about spiritual truths 
in addition to everything. So they really offer the program, their pro the women in their programs holistic care, which is really awesome. Um, today they have two safe homes, one full-time day program, as well as a follow-up support program for alumni of their program. And they also, in the last year, launched a social enterprise that offers safe work to the women coming out of their program. It's called For the Sparrows. It's here. They have a booth set up in the back after, so after service you can go support them. They sell really cool stuff like home goods, a little bit of jewelry, I think. I don't know everything candles, they sell. Mugs. Candles, mugs. Basically yeah. everything you need for Christmas presents. Yes. So hint, think hint. about Christmas when you go out there after service. So if ever you want to volunteer with Next Step Ministries, if that sounds like something that's close to your heart, you can look on their website or you can talk to Jackie or I or Jess and Dave and we'll be happy to connect you. Yeah, so last week Jess and Dave discussed... Um, Acts 1.8, where Jesus directed his followers to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria um, and to the ends of the earth. So if you missed last week's service, we'd encourage you to go on YouTube or on our website and you can watch last week's service after, um, after this sermon is done. But um, we want to kind of connect you with the last part of that verse. Yeah, so right now we want to talk about our partners that are going to the ends of the earth. So, and I don't know how much you guys have heard of our international partners, so we're really excited to share. Yeah, so uh, the first international partner that we want to share with you, her name is Rachel Starkey, and she has started an, or an organization called For Her Dignity. Now, Laura and I are very um, passionate about this project. A lot of you have, um, possibly if you were here, if you've been here for a while, you know Rachel Starkey. But For Her Dignity um, aims to combat something called period poverty um, in a few Middle, East Middle Eastern countries and a few uh, African countries. So uh, period poverty is something we don't really talk about, we don't really think about here. But um, in a lot of these countries, particularly Egypt, that's where Rachel is based, um, a lot of girls don't have access to menstrual products. And that can actually be the difference with her finishing school and actually getting out of a cycle of poverty. So it can actually determine her quality of life if she has access. Um, so one of the things that Rachel does is she connects with local women to teach um, to teach locals in rural communities how to make their own reusable and sustainable period products. And then what they also do is they train these women to then go back into their communities and train other women. So it essentially makes like a ripple effect of women empowering women. And the thing that we love most about uh, For Her Dignity is that Rachel actually partners with local women for almost all of the work that she does. So Rachel acts like a facilitator and a connection piece, but her whole team is made up of like really powerful, amazing local women. So we love, we love partnering with Rachel. And Rachel has these really cool stories of how the Lord has, like, come through for that organization. Like, last time we talked to her, this textile company donated pounds, like, hundreds or thousands of pounds of... Like, we're talking multiple warehouses yeah. of, of material that she... She had so much, she didn't even know what to do with it. Yeah. So then she was working with the government to figure out how they could do all of these um, community programs. Anyways, God is doing literally insane things. Yeah. With, with Rachel and, and, her, and her husband. So when we say she works with the government to, you know, access these, get to, get to these rural villages and offer period products, what's going on behind the scenes is that's a means for her to reach unreached communities and evangelize to them. And that doesn't go online. We can't share that on our social media because it's a closed nation. But basically every time they go to provide menstrual products to these women, they're also sharing 
the hope of the gospel, which is so cool. And her husband runs a school teaching theology and training up pastors there. So there's so much more going on there than meets the eye when you look at the website. Totally. And once yeah. again, that's something that we can only share with you because we are in this room here and we aren't posting this part of it publicly. So we just wanted to share that really special part, kind of the heart behind everything that she does is sharing about um, the hope of our faith. Very cool. So now we're going to take you across the world another way. I can't really think of which way, but to Italy in Europe, where our partner George Werner works with an organization called Eleviva. So Eleviva, well, first I'll tell you a little bit about what George told us because it's really interesting. Italy has, in their whole population, less than 1% of the people that live in Italy identify as evangelical Christians. So it's a very unreached nation in terms of the gospel, actually. And in Italy, 7,000 towns and villages have no church or evangelical witness at all. So of the very few, and of the very few of that 1%, Sorry, of that 1%, very few of those are young adults. So the 1% of Christians in Italy is really not the young person population. Um, so the heart of Eleviva is to elevate the lives of the churches, pastors, leaders, and communities they serve through the good news and goodness of Christ. They have a vision of seeing churches planted all across Italy, and their heart is to specifically activate young people to do this. So they are training up young pastors, they are training up young people, they have a school where they are doing exactly that, and these young people are so passionate about spreading the good news of the Lord because pastoring there isn't a full-time gig like it is here. It's in addition to your full-time job. So they're doing really cool work. And I don't know, I'm very inspired by the young Italians. And Yeah, there. and I don't know about you, but I was super surprised by those stats of Italy. Like I think sometimes we think about Europe and we think, oh yeah, it's like, it's reached already. The gospel's there. They have churches in every town, but they're very much in need of the gospel. And what George and his wife are doing is pretty spectacular and it's really cool to, for us to be partnering with them also our pastor is Italian so yeah. we have a bit of a connection <laughs> there as well so George has lived in Italy in the past he's currently in a Canada-based position for Eleviva as the director of strategic initiatives with a focus on helping that church planting movement specifically um, he I believe was just in Italy after yes. a long time of not being able to go because of COVID and is back or on his way back now one of the two. Anyways, so I'm sure he has some cool updates to share. Yes, our final partner that we want to share with you, his name is Jesse Mitchell, and he runs a food security and sustainable agriculture program in the Republic of Congo. Um, now, some of you actually might know Jesse. He's from this community, and he actually used to be an executive chef. He worked at places like the Marriott in downtown. He was the executive chef on Mercy Ship, so he is definitely the right guy for this job. So what he was, um, he actually grew up with missionaries parents so or parents who are missionaries so uh, reaching people and and sharing the gospel has always been such a huge passion of his but a few years ago he was the executive chef of mercy ships and he was heartbroken by the um, the levels of malnutrition in um, in the certain parts of Africa that he was uh, serving in so he left a promising career um, as a chef here in Calgary and he followed the Lord all the way to the Republic of Congo, and he actually lives in a very rural part, like in the middle of the middle of the jungle in Congo. Like middle of the jungle. Like, like you, I'm pretty sure you need to fly, mm -hmm. then bus, then walk. I, like, it's like, yes. it's far away. <laughs> and I don't know if you followed, uh, I don't know if you're on Jesse's newsletter or if you follow him on Facebook. If you don't, 
we will get you the information because his stories are wild. He's literally living with the local people in their village. He's, and he's working alongside them to develop um, nutrition programs and, and education programs. And he works with a local um, medical mission to educate mothers on nutrition, which then breaks the cycle of malnutrition. So... Yeah, so part of what he does, for those of you that have him on Facebook or follow his newsletter, is to figure out what healthy foods he can teach local people to make. He needs to practice, so he's like using all of his chef skills to cook with the most random stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah. And and it, and a lot of like the state of of the Republic of Congo, it's not that they can't make healthy food. It's not that they don't already have this knowledge, but it's because of years of of colonization and poverty that some of that traditional knowledge has been lost. So so it's not that he's going in and just telling them how to cook. He he's going and partnering with them and living with them and working alongside them to develop sustainable agriculture because he told us um he said that a lot of times they use things called cash crops, which is in a lot of developing nations. Um, and this is a bit of a tangent, but just to share that we are quite aware of the problem of just going in and telling people how to how to farm their own land, which is a problem. So, um, so the cool thing about Jesse is that he's going in and partnering with them and, and living with them, and they're doing it together. So, um, once again, if you want to know more about what Jesse is doing or get on his newsletter, contact us or out in the foyer. There's some QR codes everywhere, and uh, Laura will point you to that. Yeah, they're all out there. Um, so these are all the partner partners that we regularly support financially every month. There's tons more people that we would love to support when we are able to. Um, we just simply don't have the resources right now. Yeah, you guys, we actually have a list of people and ministries that we would like to include or take on as another kingdom partner. But we need we need people, we need our community to give so that we can do that. So we've made the decision as a board and as um, church leadership with Pastor Jess and Pastor Dave to, we refuse to take another partner on unless we can meaningfully support them. Now, a lot of churches will have a long list of ministries, but they're only giving like $45 a month to each ministry, and we refuse to do that. So um, we, and it can look impressive to have like a big a big list of ministries, but we would rather have like relationship and be able to give to them meaningfully. So that's something that we we hold very or we we're holding on to. Yeah, yeah, totally. So today we're here to once again for the second week encourage you and challenge you to give to Kingdom Partners. Um, we have members in this community actually. I know it's it's hard for Jackie to say, but Jackie works for an organization in Southeast Asia that combats human trafficking. Um, so she's someone we'd like to support. I don't know if any of you know Sarah Curdy from First Assembly. She works with an organization called Zoe Networks. We'd love to support her. Um, Kevin and Julia Garrett are coming next week to share and speak, um, and they are other people that we would absolutely love to support. So truly, the more we practice generosity, the more impact we can have, the more cool connections we can have, the more we can be a part of what God's doing all over the place. Now, I know it can feel like a broken record when we ask for giving, but it's because it's actually a core part of our faith. Jesus talks the most about money because it holds, it's, it holds such a strong place in our heart, right? And, and, and I know that you talked about this last week, Laura, but God doesn't need our money. You know, like if he, he in the Bible, he got 
coins from fish, from the mouths of fish, but he invites us into partnership, and that's what is so powerful about what we're talking about today. And it, so we have a bit of a breakdown of um, the donations needed um, to, for us to meet our goals. So our goal for Kingdom Partners is $50,000. Now, we've already raised $20,000, which I think is awesome yeah. because, which is, yeah, yeah that's great. Because it's been a pandemic, we've been online, and I know that this has been a really hard year, but I also know that we can totally get to 50,000. So we basically need 130, 135, 135 more donations, one-time donations, to get to our goal. And I think that's so doable. But here's the thing. I also know that for some of us, being one of the 40 donations of $200 in this moment right now is not an option. I get that. For some of us, we, don't, we literally don't have $200 or $400 in our pockets right now to give. That's okay. However, there is power in breaking things down. And it actually is a lot more doable than we realize. And Laura is going to break that down for you. Yeah, so we were looking at the $200 donation. If someone were to give $200 a year... That would be about $17 a month, which... Wait, did you just say $17, 17 a month? $17 a month. What? Like, I'm talking to like get one of these two numbers and a half down? Starbucks? What is that? That's Three wild. Starbucks, maybe, depending on how fancy you are. Um, and $400 a month mean... $400 a year means $34 a month, which is like Starbucks once... Maybe subways. some Netflix, maybe yeah, a little bit maybe of Maybe Netflix, right? Amazon Prime. Um, so, and I also was thinking, I know a lot of us are students here and kind of broke or things are financially tight, but I personally felt challenged. We were talking about ways to just like reframe our finances to include generosity. And we were talking about how as young adults, we go to Freshie or Jerusalem Shawarma like every other week before oh. we meet. And I'm Called like, how, yeah, <laughs> calling myself out. And how powerful would it be if we were like, okay, we'd spend this anyways. Let's pack a lunch and donate this to Kingdom Partners, right? Mm, so yes. just like I, en <laughs> I encourage everyone to just think outside the box and pray about stuff and open up your banking yes. and look at your patterns of generosity and your patterns of spending. It's uncomfortable to dive into it, but that's where, that's where we got to go. So, um, Yeah. We're just taking another step in sacrificing the here and now for the sake of something everlasting is a really powerful thing. And we want to corporately as a church embrace generosity and pursue, you know, the vision of all that God can do through Kingdom Partners. Mm -hmm. That starts with opening our online banking. Yes. So we encourage you all to pray about how you can support Kingdom Partners. Um, and Jackie, you want to read? Yeah, so when we were praying about um, what the Lord had to teach all of us, Laura and I included um, today, we just felt like he put Isaiah 58 on our hearts so strongly. And this is, um, and I just wanted to read it. And now I know it's kind of tempting to um, sort of check out when we're reading scripture. At least I did when I was a kid. I would always be like, okay, they're reading scripture. But I'd really encourage you to reflect on these words. So if, to focus, if you need to close your eyes, I would encourage you to close your eyes. If it would help to follow along. I'd encourage you to open your Bible, but I would just really feel like this is the Lord um, talking to us. So I would, so I'd encourage you to really reflect on this. Um, shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and 
to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and they seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noon day. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. So you guys, let's be a church that lives out this call from the Lord. Let's not be a people who go to church on Sundays or get tunnel visioned about our own lives and inward focused. Let's be outward focused as Dave was sharing. Um, let's be a church that supports God's kingdom in prayer, in our actions, and with our finances. Dave's going to come up again. Just thank the here this morning. There's hope. There's some real hope in this world. I, I know, like, like all around us, there's this fear and there's this sense, like, oh my goodness, hang on to what you got because we were in for a ride. But I'm telling you, there is hope. I have hope to believe that God is using us as a church to, to mend the broken heart to feed those who need food. Church, I think sometimes we think it's just too much of a job. It's too much. It's, I, I can't do it. I can't even make ends meet on my own end here. 
You know, there's so many studies that prove that when we stop thinking about ourselves and start focusing our thoughts on those around us and serve, that how much more our lives would be improved by that. That's just outside of biblical. But when we look at the Bible, we look at what God's called us to do, if we just follow his word, oh man, the evidence is clear. God wants to do something through you today. He wants to do something through me. I think we have an opportunity. Would you stand with me today? We're going to just worship together before we close, before we just kind of let you go and just wander around, grab, grab your phone and take shots of the QR code so you can kind of learn about some of the partners that we have, some of that we're hoping to support down the road as well, and, and see how God's going to use you. You know, we've got opportunities at Christmas, and you'll see some of the things out there. We've got different opportunities all around happening locally and abroad. So just ask God, God, how are you going to use me? Rather than saying, yeah, but my life is a mess. God has created something beautiful out of your mess, out of my mess. So God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for every individual here. I pray a blessing on them today. God, as we just ask you to reveal to us in obedience what we should do to participate. God, if maybe it's a figure, maybe it's a, a dollar figure that you're saying, I need to sacrifice this amount. Or if it's, God, you know what I have. There's not much I have in my pocket. But show me where I need to sacrifice, where I need to put others first and to support those my dollar could go further than I could ever use it for. So God, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the favor that you have bestowed upon us as a church. God, we are just open to what you want to do today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.